against me. I still drop lines and get minds on time. That's why I'm most resigned. Sit in my lazy one chair, relax my head and recline. Sip a pet or coke with a twist of line. I crack a 48 and then I go for mine. So what you say? Like Zorro, I'm about to pee on your back. I need to find a voice, no iron cause. 
My only weapon is my rapping sword. I am going on. supernatural forces down to talk to me. I don't have any supernatural Cindy Lord. Do you Send want to Jesus know? Christ. Okay, here, here's my I want to talk to Jesus Christ. I don't have that. And see, you look, my position is very clear. He hates when I say it. In the absence of knowing anything is possible. No, that is not Kool-Aid true. Kool-Aid man, flying spaghetti monster. Anything, anything is, is possible. not possible because... Do you know what happens after? No, I'm not. See, you jump from anything being possible to what happens in the afterlife. Or, or if there is an afterlife. Probable, no. So Possible, yes. We'll return back to your initial statement. In the okay. absence of knowing anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Now, we can... Um, we can... So, jumping from there all the way over to what happens after we die. Those are two disconnected statements. I'm, but we're specifically... It's in the context of the afterlife. Right. But let's deal with the first statement. Which is a fallacious statement. No. Unto itself. But can we talk about it in the context of the conversation? After we prove that in the absence of knowing, is that a true statement? That in the absence of knowing anything is possible. Yes. Yes. Not probable, though, but anything is possible. Like, it's, I don't know what's on the other side of that door. There are things that are absolutely impossible. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. So we know things are absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we know certain things are impossible, there are certain things that we are don't have the capacity or capability of knowing, but we can extrapolate or extend what is not possible under these conditions. Therefore, under other conditions, these things will not be possible. It extends probability. 
And it's a wonderful statement. I like how it rolls off the tongue. It extends probability. It doesn't extend right. possibility. Yeah, you have probable and improbable. So we don't know if there's life on other planets. It's probable. Yes, because there's life on this planet. And we know that the conditions that exist on Earth and within this solar system has been replicated throughout the galaxy billions of times. But in the absence of knowing, it's possible there are nothing but dead rocks. That's also possible. But not probable. But because, but because we have some foundation to go off of, we, is there life on Earth? Do we know that for sure? Absolutely. Yes. So do the conditions that brought life on Earth exist in other places? I think so. So we can start to build on that hypothesis or that theory and start to validate. And expand, expand probability, right. but not negate. So now let's go, because that's something we know. Now let's go to the absence of knowing. We don't you, know that. Are, we, are you just going to roll over what I said? What is about the afterlife? About ex- the expansion of probability. We know what happens in the afterlife as well. Can we, can we set up the parameters of well, this ain't what your show is about. Right. But if we can set up the parameters of what possibility is versus what probability is, then that helps to clarify things. Because what is is it probable that there's a Kool-Aid man on the other side of the door? No. But is it possible? Yes. Who knows? Maybe someone's playing a joke. Or, you know, it would blow my mind because it would seem highly improbable. But would I say that it's not possible? No, it's very possible. Do you possible. mean the fictional corporate mascot Kool-Aid man? The man in the... Well, they don't even a use Kool-Aid a man, man in... costume. A or costume. A mouse. Or... A bag of popcorn. Yes, because we've seen mice other places. So we know that mice exist. We have them in laboratories doing experiments on them all the time, and we need to cut that out. Peter, hashtag Peter, save the mice. So we know that there are mice, and we know that mice exist. So is it possible that a man can don a purchase and don a Kool-Aid suit and go somewhere? Yes. But is it possible for there to be a literal Kool-Aid man? No, No, it's not probable, but it is possible. Uh Uh-huh. So, they're, so establishing those parameters helps. Right, because everything that you say that is possible in the absence of knowing is something that there is prior evidence to. Yes. So if there no, and we know what happens after death. Do we? Yes, absolutely. We know. Rot and decay. Decomposition yes, happens, happens after death. That's what happens. We know that all neurological things that you call your mind or your soul or your identity all cease when your homeostasis and your biological process in. That's they true. all end together. But you say so, all the time that the planet is a fishbowl. And that there's no new energy, there's no new matter, there's no new anything on this planet. And if that's the case, then what happens to it? Well, it in the universe, we know what happens. Wait, we know that, and rots. We and know that matter, yes. Is there, I mean, like, I, we, we could go on and on. But like I said before, I mean, there's all kinds of information that we have now that humanity... Black people, whomever, didn't necessarily possess 500 years ago. when we believe that there was a soul, everything has certain, is defined, has properties. So you say the humans have a soul, and you say, then what is a soul? Can you define a soul? And then once you define something, like I could say, well, a mineral. You brought up soul, though, not me. Okay. You don't call it a soul, because a soul has been disproven. Do you agree that we don't have souls? I wouldn't even know how to contextualize a soul. What is that? So we don't have it. Good. I didn't say good. we didn't have You're it. Learning. I said I would I'm not. I'm not growing in your way. It's not. It's growth doesn't belong it's to me. It's just not probable. No, no, no. Under the <laughs> under the context with which you're trying to assert that I've grown. No, I've had grown closer to your position. Not in any way. See, I didn't know you was a 
religious yes, did, fundamentalist. Shabbat. And I'm not a religious a nut, fundamentalist. A nut job. You you're, know, the, you're the fundamentalist. Spells. You're the one who's like, it's definitely death and worms and nothing else. I'm not nothing a fundamentalist. Else. There's nothing out there. How do you know? You don't know. I don't know. Right. So you're the you're the zealot insisting on one specific thing. I'm not insisting on anything. I just go where the evidence leads me. The really? moment you can demonstrate and that. And so did the flat earthers all those years ago. Yes. Because they looked over well, the cliff actually, and were no, like, that's it. That's not where flat earth did not come from observation and study. Flat earth came from biblical uh, myths. I just did it? Yes. On Wednesday, the flat earth, the firmament that the earth was fixed on pillars. Yeah. Go look at Ezekiel. They describe the, the conditions of the planet earth. So the planet. So the concept of a flat earth was nothing that anyone concluded Based on research. I assumed it was like walking towards a cliff or like the Grand Canyon or something. I mean, like, oh no, that's the end. Or like on Game of Thrones, like looking at an ocean. Well, it kind of was because Bible was written by men who were not dis- in, that who were not inspired by divine powers. They were just collecting primitive mythologies and folklore together and compiling it. That's true. And injecting their own dysfunction. Absolutely. So. Yes, the myth of the flat earth came from men, was attributed to God, and then imposed on other men, like Galileo, who they wanted to kill Galileo because Galileo said that the earth is not fixed in place, that the sun does not revolve around the earth, and that the earth is not, it's not likely that the earth, and other people, other primitive people who didn't even have telescopes could look up and say, well, the moon is an orb, the sun is an orb, the heavenly bodies seem to be spherical, and we know we're in the same space, so the earth is spherical. Some, some people never mess with that mess, but the propagation of the idea that the earth was flat comes out of the Catholic Church or the Holy Roman Church or whatever manifestation of the church, right. the papacy. And then the Protestants carried that forward for a while, too. So even though some people, like, if, you, if I have a delusion or I have some insane idea, mm-hmm. it could just be my something I take to the grave with me. But if I have an insane idea and I have a powerful institution where I can cut out people's tongue and torture them to death if they don't agree with me, that's when it becomes a problem. That's why I oppose religion. I don't oppose people believing madness, things like the afterlife or souls. But when, when, when those insane ideas are married to a powerful institution, that's when you have inquisitions absolutely, and other atrocities and ongoing ignorance because... And that's my only thing. So you, as long as you don't link up with other people who share your beliefs. What about the cult of atheism? There is no cult of atheism. And I'm very what shocked and hurt. What happens if you hurt. link up with other people who share your beliefs? Atheism is not a belief. It's not a belief. What, what do atheists what, believe? What is it? That, that it's a conclusion. That it's lights out and no more. Darkness that is a conclusion. Else. It's that is no that the atheist position on death is you can observe dying bodies <clears throat> you can observe humans you can even hook up neurological instruments to a human to observe brain activities and there's been no evidence presented that the neurological activities that make up your personality your identity your your soul that it survives beyond your biochemical processes but you're t- taking a very limited look at, at it. Because when you think about decay in and of itself, that 
gorgeous process is about overbreaking down of yourself and everything yes. that is you and dissipation returning to yes. the earth. And so there there could be elements of that that we don't quite understand yet that that may contain elements of some form of persistence of a human being. In some in, in some context yes, humans, we couldn't possibly understand at this stage in human development. We do persist in the bowels of worms. And they poop us out. And that we doesn't, persist that in doesn't the soil. bother me. That's part of the beauty for me. But, yes. but what I'm saying is, is that there are elements of that process, or maybe even elements that we don't even know outside of that process. That's all I'm saying. It's possible. I don't know what the probability levels are there, but I don't need to say, no, for sure, 100%. That's Do it. these and believe? For me, that's more zealotry than saying, anything is possible. I don't have to proclaim to know. That but I don't have to know. deny what I know. And, and I don't have because to I don't know other thing things I, I have to deny. Know. Okay. Well, long as I as long as you keep it like Malcolm X said, keep it in the closet. As long as you keep doing like Malcolm I did. Don't. But I maybe don't. I'll use that I to my benefit you. because if I die before you, and then I'm watching you. See, you rule out hauntings if you take your. And position. you go back to that weirdo you went to prom with, with that lopsided crunk head dude. You want to talk about ex? Partner. With that, that that old I hope that old raggedy chicks are listening. That that, that, that old thin mustache looking like a villain tie your ass to the train tracks after prom. That dude, what's his name? I'm not gonna. And your mother keeps that women. picture. I'm not gonna be that person. Oh, sisterhood, good sister. So anyway, you can't run back to that weirdo. Okay. I mean, you don't even want to take I that step wait, back. Look, listen, your taste refined as you grow. I, hope you I don't hold it against forward. you. Your taste refined. But all I'm saying is, if I Go before you. You believe that there'll be some part of me lingering, watching you. I don't think you'd be watching me. Acting on your behalf. I don't think that either. What would I be doing? What do you imagine? Because, you know, men, we, we burn out faster. We burn brighter and faster than women. It's possible. Y'all hang on. I mean, but if, so statistically, if I could guess, I'm going to go. If I could make a hope, I would hope it would have something to do with lottery numbers. If I could hope. If I could give you, lot, I wouldn't give you no lottery numbers so you and that old greasy, slimy looking dude Why can go, would I go on yachts. Why couldn't I do better than that? Why wouldn't I go forward? Do better than him or me? Both. You think I'm going to give you lottery numbers from the afterlife, from the ancestral realm? Wow. I'm give you, nah, uh-uh. You'll be petty, uh-uh. zooming through the cosmos. It depends. Okay. If you go to a covenant, I'll give you lottery numbers and you can hook up the covenant <laughs> with Wi-Fi and... and Paint it, you know. You're not going to be caring. You're going to be playing your Xbox in your mansion. That's what you believe. See, that, oh, you just told on yourself. That's why I said it. I was just That's why I said it. Mormonism. If there was, yeah, Mormon. Yeah, like I said, if there was an That's afterlife. the correct answer, Mormon. Anyway. Mormon. I don't want to get into that. Sorry. Religion and politics. I'm not, I'm not into religion. You, you know just that. been exposed. You know, see, I was a spin doctor. No, I'm, come on. Child. Been exposed, but. I haven't been exposed. That's how you win these debates. You just declare <laughs> exposure. You've been exposed. I mean, you can't even debate because a debate, a formal debate, maybe like the Democratic debate. I would love them. Those a, are a formal, formal debates. debates. Those are debates, Those right? A debate, you have to come with evidence. I don't even have to. I just sit there and fold my arms because you can't pull out one document, not one sliver of evidence to support your position. So there, can. you can't debate. I can't. You know, it'd be like debating There's all kinds of if, theories. If, of, if, of, if of, Spider-Man can defeat Batman. There's a million theories. Right. I mean, that's your position, too, relies on the unknown. You can make assertions and proclaim them loudly and with great vigor. That doesn't make them true. 
No, it doesn't make them true. The fact that there is documented evidence. I know what happens after we die. I'm not. De- am I negating decay? Huh? Am I negating decay? No. Y- yes, you are by saying that there's something that goes beyond. Something of your psyche, of who you are. I never said last. psyche. These are all words that you're adding on. I'm on tape. I'm glad we had this conversation on tape. I never said psyche. These are all constructs. You're saying you don't know what happens after you die. Is that your position? Yes. So we do know what happens after you die and you deny it. And a lot of people who are religious. We don't know the totality of what happens. How about that? We do know the totality. There has literally been dead bodies. Human Are and there otherwise. things that we don't understand today that we that, that you believe that human beings will understand if life persists on this planet Absolutely. 500 years from now? Yes. And so for those reasons, just like we didn't understand molecular biology way back, yes. just like there's a myriad of things that exist currently mm-hmm. in, our, in our understandings, both scientifically and otherwise, that no we did otherwise. not know in, in other spaces that we just didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so this constant evolving of knowledge. Yes. And so for those reasons, it is my, it is my, uh, I guess it's a belief because it is an absence of knowledge. Mm-hmm. My belief is that there is a great deal more to be known. And in the absence of that knowing and the knowing beyond that and the knowing beyond that, anything is possible. Yes. I deal in probability as I exist and walk the earth today, because probability is what is, that's what I base on terms of what I see, what I know and understand, but I understand the limitations of what I know and understand, which is why I simply assert probability and, and leave room for possibility. That's the extent of my argument. And if you would need to attach angels and demons and Jesus and anything else, spaghetti monsters or Kool-Aid men, you can, but it's not necessarily a big part of what I'm asserting. Okay. Now you just, you just won my argument for me, so I'm going to raise both of my hands in victory. I'm glad. Everybody listening on the radio, you. both of my hands are raised in victory, and let me tell you why. Can you do the I'm tell you where you messed up. Can you do the... It ain't, it ain't strong enough. <laughs> this is a relatively minor victory. We don't call down the Holy Ghost for mess. Don't play with the Holy Ghost like that. If Your Bernie, mama wins, raised if you Bernie wins the primary, will you? I'll do Holy Ghost. Yay. We'll get the Holy Ghost dance. Yay. An extended, remixed Holy Ghost dance. But... I'm going to raise my hands in victory over you because you just played yourself. You know why? Your example validates my position. Because you said, if we, we know that there were things that we didn't know in the past that we came to understand. That's right. And when we didn't know things in the past, we often made up supernatural explanations. That's about, your I'm, I'm, okay, go ahead. about thunder, about volcanoes, right. about hurricanes, sure. about disease, yes. even about human reproduction. Absolutely. There were things that we would see. We would see phenomena, and we did not fully understand them. And so there were always two types of speculations. There was the naturalist speculation, the scientific speculation or hypothesis or theory, and there was the supernatural belief. And 100% of the time, 100% of the time, the every time we came to understand or came to a new understanding or develop new instruments to aid in our understanding, 100% of the time, the natural, scientific, hypothesized theory has been sustained. And not once has our greater understanding ever brought us to a confirmed conclusion of anything supernatural, anything otherworldly, anything spiritual or magical. 100% of the time. So when you go to... When you retreat to, well, there were things we didn't know in the past, and that validates scientific method. 
help me understand. That validates rationalism. It invalidates magic. What does that have to do with my so, point? What I think that when we do understand death and, and transition and the mind and the psyche and the so-called spirit and soul, as we have greater instruments to look beyond this realm of existence, I think that just like in all other times we said there was something magical, we will find Why that it's nothing magical. magic? Have I ever asserted magic or spirit because or any of those things? That's just my well, question. Well, those are the terms for what you're talking. Are they? Because yes. they're not the terms that I've used. I've used very specific terms again and again, and you keep jumping to magic and spirits and, and ghosts, and I've never asserted any of those things. What is your word for it? I haven't, I haven't brought that into the conversation at all. Right. So what you're doing is trying to keep escape hatches all over this How conversation. I, no, I've just you made one very clear. escape hatches. Man, I'm so glad for but that. But we know you. I've made one very clear point consistently and again and again. In the absence of knowing anything is possible, and I exist primarily with right. probability and less about negating possibility. I don't need to pretend that I know a thing to satiate my human desire to have some sort of settling uh, uh, understanding. Of, of of all things. I understand and embrace, and I actually learned this from you, Diallo. I embrace the uncertainty. I embrace not knowing. Because in doing so, there's a freedom that ena enables you to learn more, enables you to grow, and enables you to explore things that you otherwise wouldn't when you accept the finality of him seeing your position, specifically when there's no way to know. So I, that's what I'm asserting. That is it. So you keep adding on ghouls and goblins, not me. Right, but that's what you're talking about. You keep you saying just that. You claim it. You know, you're claim like it. a Republican. You will uh, not claim it. She didn't say goblins, but she will. No, I'm not going That's to. what you're saying. You just, Are you sure? Because yeah. I feel like I never have. It's just the antiquated, because if you really call what you're calling for, what you're talking about is the spirit and no, the that's afterlife what you're and talking the soul. About. Is there an afterlife, Erica? In the absence of knowing. that it, Anything is possible. So you don't know. I don't know. You I won't think, rule one and, out. And I even think it's improbable. So you don't know if there's an afterlife. I or think not. it's improbable, but I don't know. No, do you? What's yes, that white light? I do know. See? I don't know. And it's funny. Here's another Maybe thing about. Maybe that's just like the last flash. Mostly. Okay. Here's one more thing about these this this end of life phenomenon. As you grow across cultures, people who have near death experience, they always observe things within their cultural context. So human beings. Like in the West, if you grew up in a Christian Western culture and you have a near-death experience, they always come back from a near-death experience and say, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Whereas if you grow up in, a, in a, a culture that believes in reincarnation, they always say, oh, I communed. I saw my past life stretched out behind me and my future life stretched out in front of me. So when your I mind like starts to be deprived of oxygen, when your mind starts to... Uh, shut down when your when your higher functions start to f shut down and your reptilian limbic brain takes over. All it does is pull from all of the influences of your physical life and puts that together into some type of comprehensive narrative. I don't that. So every time when people that white light at the end of the tunnel is what you when you sitting on your grandma's lap in the tabernacle. Oh Jesus, 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 make me white Jesus. And then when you go and you turn on the radio and you driving across country and you turn on the Midwestern radio and they're like Jesus, Jesus, and then you get to be eighty years old and that's been in the background in your life you go to the dmv and the lady that works for the government got a little jesus statue and she got a cross on her neck so all your life you've been having jesus dripping into your psyche yeah. so when you die you see jesus sure i don't negate that in any way 
I'm, I'm almost that's highly probable that that's so the reason that's why. that's the reason for the white light highly that people probable, see yes but I if you grow that. up in a culture that doesn't believe in the white light when you have a near-death experience you're not going to see the white light so you won't get me to debate that highly probable so that's the reason. you that so in the absence of knowing you can still draw some rational conclusions. That's, that's, what, that's what you need to change that question. I'll write that down. It's probability. No, I like on a post-it and put it on your mind. desk. No, you in the absence that. of knowing, <laughs> you, can do that. you can still extrapolate. I'll never say it. My language is so it. much prettier than yours. I'll never that's say what that. it's all about, really. What is? Okay. Your, your clunky language and my eloquence. I keep it real. English major language. I keep it a buck. I was better. I was that good even before. You know, I, wrote, I found out I was a stunning, stunning writer in the second grade. I wrote a story about pennies. I can Nobody's going to tell a second grader they suck. <laughs> uh, 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 yes, she did. Miss Payne did tell me that. She wrote a, that you remember that story. She wrote a yuck face on my paper. Not oh, that right, paper, right, right. Traumatized you. Traumatized That's you. That's how easy your life was, too. Miss Payne. She's friends with my aunt now. You didn't keep it real. Listen, easy life. If your your worst childhood memory is a yuck face that you got on a second grade paper, I keep it real. I came up real. How is how is difficult real? How is difficult black any more real? Black than having grits and, and food and stuff for breakfast. How is how came is up black? Difficulty any more real? You know. Did you come up black in yes. Sag Harbor? Blacker than you. Okay. I didn't come up in Sag Harbor. You saw where I came up. Eating pumpernickel bread. When I drove y'all through my old neighborhood. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm sorry. When I drove y'all through my old neighborhood, Village Boys, East Hills. That was hard living, yes. Yes. Even today. But I wouldn't say it was real. Like, how is that more it's real? It's more real than your, your suburban. That's what you keep telling our son. <laughs> I keep it real, you know. He mocks our son for having two parents. <laughs> he ain't real. You'll never know. <laughs> Would your two-parent household have it? I mean, gosh. Just when he tried to act like, I'm just like, I'm the realest in the house. <laughs> I'm the hoodest in our house. And y'all just y'all just better recognize. Anyway, can we get on to my show? I'm here for This is ride. not a platform for, for spreading spookism. And, it, you know, it's enough of that out there. You can go to, what's that station? Here. It's close to ours. I think it's AM 1690. That's this station. Right no, this you. is 1680. Oh. Our neighboring station. They talk about religion over there. Spookism, you say. They talk every Sunday. They play gospel. And I'm not religious. Negro spirituals. You've been in the and church. You can go more there and me. talk about we don't know what happens after you we die. You say anything for the, the Bible. The was like, that's Ecclesians, whatever. Yeah, I was raised four. in the Bible. I'm like, what? That's how I know it's crap. And I didn't even think a lot of those titles were real. A lot of those titles. I wish like, I... If, like, if, what's the group that I didn't think was real? <laughs> oh, Confunction. Confunction. That sounds like Confunction. That's a real me. group. But if you came up hood, you would know this. You, you're right. You listen, grew up listening to Nat King Cole and oh. Shirley Caesar. If, if I was a wealthy man, if I was a wealthy man, I'd bring home a rotting corpse. And put it in in our living room and force you to observe what happens. I'm after so sorry. You die. I feel like I'm very clear about decay. I don't know why you keep running back to that. Anyway, can we go to here. some 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 news? Absolutely. All right. Today's show is actually Bernie Sanders and the death of neoliberalism, and I want to get to that. But before we get to that, we have to acknowledge day before yesterday, 
something that was 200 years in the making actually happened. The, the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives passed federal anti-lynching legislation. And it is uh, quite a uh, historic uh, case because this bill was first submitted in 1900. And it's been periodically taken up by uh, uh, various congressmen to be put forth. And so for 120 years, they've been trying to get this bill passed. And it finally passed, and they renamed it the uh, Emmett Till Act. And it was submitted by our congressman of our district, Congressman Bobby Rush. He submitted that? He submitted him with... uh, I did not know that. And uh, what's her name? It was two co-sponsors. There's a California congresswoman. Black? Of course. Black or done black. So, oh, Bobby Rush, you know... Does that pay for him? Wait, I thought Kamala Harris and what's his face were the anti-lynching people. Uh, they were co-sponsors, but the you need a Congress the the Congresswomen. It was a, I have to look up her name because I can't leave her name out of this. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> um, but, uh, Sheila Sheila Jackson. No, let's see who it was, but. Uh, Bobby Rush was the co-sponsor and. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it. Uh, it'll come to me. And was it Sheila Jackson Lee? I think it was Sheila Jackson Lee. I don't know why I didn't write that in my notes. I always think I, I'm going to remember it. And then, so I don't put it in my notes. But anyway, now, lynching is a federal crime. Now, there's two things to go. To me, it's kind of like ho-hum. It's ho-hum. Because... Black people stop lynching. If you read book, We Shoot Back, Sankofa's book. If you read Negroes with Guns, the federal government, way back, Ida B. Wells was one of the first people to publicly advocate and fight for uh, a federal anti-lynching bill because you have state crimes, you have federal crimes. And when there is a state crime committed, it is left to the local districts to prosecute the crime. When it is a federal crime, you have the feder- federalities come in. And you ever watch those cop shows where they, oops, where cops and uh, where there's a crime and the uh, and the uh, grizzled detective is standing there searching the crimes, and then the G guy, the the Fed show up, and say we're taking over. I'm taking over this case, and they're like, ah, oh, now it's my case. Get out of here, Fed. So that's. You know, that's real. That that's There's actually, like, often competition and animosity between federal law enforcement and state and local law enforcement. And black people were basically saying, like, you tell us if we are lynched, if my child is lynched, I got to go to the county sheriff, when the county sheriff is the grand wizard of the KKK. Right. So, and we're, a lot of black people don't like to admit this. But, again, we have to, as Norman, I can say this now because Norman Goldman's off the air. You have to work with the facts and live with the truth. And I'm not going to quote Norman Goldman, though. I'll quote Dr. Claude Anderson, somebody black. But Dr. Claude Anderson said, every time black people have been in trouble, it has been the federal government to pull us out. He's Whether it's emancipation, whether it's civil rights legislation, it's always the federal government. We've always been able to have more sway as we come together across state lines and federal governments than we've ever had in local or state legislatures or local government. 
So anyway, Ida B. Wells went to the suffragettes during the, the, the proto-feminists and said, listen, you know, you want us to fight for voting and you're fighting because white women was running around saying we want freedom from our men. Whereas black women were like, we want freedom for black men. Black men are being lynched in the streets when they're trying to vote. You know, so you're talking about you, you're, you want to be equal to your man. It's like, if I get equal to my man, that's more slaughter for me. So if you want me to fight for women's suffrage, you have to say that when women get the vote, that they'll vote for anti-lynching uh, senators and congressmen. Anyway, long story, this is a 120-year fight. So long after, decades after black people took up our rifles and took up our clubs and balled up our fists and said, if you bring one, you're going to leave one. And we started fighting off these black people. Don't let, don't let uh, the, the Emmett Till Act fool you. It was black people fighting tooth and nail. Mm -hmm. Even Malcolm X said the federal government did not come in to rescue black people. When, they, when, when, when uh, um, uh, Kennedy started sending federal troops into the South, he sent, only sent the federal troops after black people started fighting back. And black people started whooping. And black people throughout the South, there was literally a guerrilla war. There was like a regional civil war between black people and white people in the South. And they went down there. They, the U.S. did never send, the, like the, you see the National Guard troops when in, in, in those old photos and those old black and whites. And you see the National Guards marching down the street through Selma and standing in front of Little Rock, Arkansas, standing in front of the school. And, and they weren't there protecting black people. They were there keeping the peace because black people was like, enough is enough. And many of those counties down there, black people outnumber whites 20 to 1. Because you only needed one massa and 20 slaves to work the average plantation. So we had the numerical majority. And as soon as that switch flips, saying, look, you bleed just like I do. So the congressman, this is mostly a symbolic act. And it's really disgusting because um, Bobby Rush, at the same time, he's talking about he wants to pass an anti-federal, anti-lynching bill. Now, lynching, we haven't had a traditional lynching since 1998 with the uh, James Byrd lynching. Because lynching isn't simply, yeah, 1998, June 7, 1998. Uh, James Byrd was drinking with two white uh, boys. And the white boys, uh, and here's the element of lynching. There, there, there is white people, it's not just white people get together and kill a black. There's always mutilation and degradation of the body. Torture, while the person is still alive, they are tortured and mutilated. After they're dead, the corpse is desecrated. That is a lynching. There is a process to lynching. There is a tradition of lynching. And lynching did not start with black people. In fact, before the Civil War, the primary victims of lynching were white men. By hanging? No. See, hanging is just one element of it. Generally, by the time the body is strung up, it's already been beaten. It's already been sodomized with axe handles. The genitals can, or the ears or the nose have been cut off. Long before, if you look at some of the lynching photos, you'll see that the before they hung the body, they would pose with it and they would. So the, oftentimes the body was dead before they hung it up. You know, it would be sometimes merciful to hang a body before they did it. But oftentimes, if, and, and this is the book called Without Sanctuary, that I think every black family should have. And it's uh, uh, lynching photography in America. 
but even more so than the photography. I know you don't like to see this stuff. But this book has a detailed introduction. But it also says here, the victims of lynching prior to the Civil War were white men and white people. And the white man did not come here from, from the, the old world to the new world and learn to lynch. He was already an expert at lynching before he got here. Because prior to that, what was the Salem Witch Trial? It was a lynching. They call them the Salem Witch Trials or the, or the Witch Trials, but they were really witch lynchings. That was lynching. And the mutilation, that they target the genitals and the reproductive organs, the breast, just like that. And they had witches and warlocks. There were some much more women than men, but when they were men. In Europe, if you look at the Inquisition, they mutilate the men too. Yes, the, the men, war. If a man could be a man could be accused and convicted of it was much more rare. It's like wow. it's rare, but it happened. And right, and you go back to prior to before white folks even knew there was a such thing as a black man on the planet. Before we discovered them, actually, I mean history's all flipped and turned upside down. But before we discovered white folks, they had already. Everything that we think is so horrible about racism, white people had perfected before racism came into being. They, they, the um, Europe, isolated, medieval, prehistoric, from prehistoric to medieval Europe was an incubator for and a testing ground for atrocities. What are you looking for? I want to take notes, but I don't want to take notes. Well, um, I guess I can give you this. Was, was an incubator for atrocities. So, all that being said, white people did not stop lynching us because they had they figured out it was wrong. You know, it wasn't some white man standing in the deep south. You crowd. It wasn't some white man standing in the deep south with the with the with the castrated testicles of a black man it was like, you know what, Hank? You know what, Billy Bob? I don't think it's right for me to be standing here holding this here man's testicles. I just don't feel right. That's not how it happened. There was a, a poem called uh, If You Must Die by Claude McKay. And he basically said, if they bring some, they got to get some. So every black household in that time had a rifle because black people had to supplement there. They didn't make enough money to eat. So you had to go hunt squirrels, raccoons, possum, venison, deer. So every house had a at least at least a shotgun or a squirrel 22 gauge rifle every household. And it wasn't that and that's the thing that we don't even understand today that we think, you know, all over the internet you got these black men with these elaborate weapons. They got video game weapons. I don't know if you see that side of the black internet on Instagram. Well, there's some brothers on Instagram. They got video game guns. And I follow a lot of dudes, you know, and they we got the Huey P. Newton Gun Club and all these other, um, I forgot the other, uh, the black group. What's that group Balu Gong was, the guy that got arrested? There was this guy who was arrested as a black identity extremist, and he would be march the streets of Texas. His name his, was Balu Gong? Balu Gong. And he would march the street with all these fancy rifles. Yeah. I mean, this dude had ordnance. Yeah. Like G.I. Joe. Like the only kind of guns. You see the video games I play. Like them kind of guns. You see my guns. Big guns. The little guns I got. Yes. You know. They're not that little. 
little revival, what, little thirty-eight revolver. They ain't, man, come on, that's that that's primitive. That's a cowboy. That I, I need a cowboy hat and some spurs. That's an old school. It'll get the job done. But these dudes got like laser point and, and, and extended clips. And the same dude that's parading around all over the Internet with all this sophisticated guns. The police came and knocked on his door and dragged him and his son out and they draws. And it kind of blows my mind because it's, it's like Biggie Small said, what you think all the guns is? What are the guns for? Yeah. You finally had your moment to really demonstrate. But anyway, I digress. I just want to connect those two things. We was fighting off huge lynch mobs with, with, with squirrel guns. And now that we got black men have, you know, military grade ordinance and can't even stop some pot belly cop from violating him and his family. So it's not the guns. It's the mentality. It's the uh, it's the it's the mentality. It's the culture. And when white folks was like, man, you know, a hundred of us will come. And if just one of us going to die, which one of those clan members will say, I'm the one that will volunteer to catch the bullet before we tree that coon. That's what they used to call hanging black people. Tree that coon. And you got people in your family and I got people in my family that remember the aftermath of lynchings. Black people weren't allowed to observe the lynchings, but they would always leave the corpse in a prominent place in the black so that the black community could find it. So there's a real history there. And there were punishments and penalties for cutting it down too soon. Yep. So every black person, just in in, 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 in honor of Emmett Till, and, and remember, because we can go there any day now. We can go be back there tomorrow. White people, the white majority, and yes, white people are for your listening. You should hear this. The, the same mentality and the same capacity for lynch, lynch mobs, uh, mutilation, atrocities still exists within your community and your culture. Absolutely. How do I know? Because white folks have outsourced atrocities. All you got to do is go to Google and look up Abu Ghraib. We know that they were over there crushing the testicles of little boys. That they were, were, were smearing Arab uh, men in, 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 in vaginal uh, blood and then taking pictures of them, psychological and physical torture. Everywhere we go, right now, today, in prisons, men are tortured. They had a, a man in a prison and he was literally boiled alive. They locked into a shower stall and turned the heat up and boiled this man alive. Women too, the, young, the women that we met in uh, California. Oh, yeah, there's a research paper I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, the torture that goes on in prison. So they have shielded and outsourced their trash. They still have this death urge. They still have this capacity for systematic torture and, and, and degradation of the human form. And they it, now they do it behind prison walls or they do it overseas in the name of uh, spreading democracy. And they, and they do it where the, the, the prying eyes of the media, but now with, with the advent of social media. But even now, even with social media, they've got social media under such tight controls that, you know, images, because there will be an image I will see on the Internet. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, I, and then I'm doing some research and I want to pull up that image or pull up that article and it has been scrubbed from the Internet. There was this one article that I can't find about uh, PTSD. And a researcher went and did a, it was behind a paywall, should have bought it. A researcher went and, and studied PTSD in U.S. soldiers. And then he went abroad 
it's and, and went to uh, places like Afghanistan and Vietnam and talked to soldiers that fought against U.S. imperialism. And he found that soldiers that were fighting for a righteous and just cause, even though they were exposed to greater hardships and atrocities than the U.S. soldiers, they had lower cases of, of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it found that when a soldier is believes and truly believes in the righteousness and just Mm. Of justness of their cause, there's less likely to suffer the psychological scars that soldiers that fight for a paycheck, that fight for a college tuition. You know, I feel like we heard Joe Jones say something somewhere or someone. Yeah, but the, but it was it was it was a research a it team a of researchers, researcher. and I can't find that article anywhere. And I pulled it up, and I would pull it up regularly. So that's another thing. Y'all have to start to build up back your home archives. Yes, people need to start buying the books, printing the articles burning the CDs and DVDs and whatever, and keep hard copies of the information you value. Because the internet is now becoming Disneyland. Yes. If it ain't memes, goofy memes, and twerk videos, it's, it's the scholarship is either going to be stripped down or it's going to be put behind a paywall. Yes. So the internet is turning into like the rest of society. Real information and knowledge is not going to be free and open. Information is a commodity now. And so you don't, can't even use uh, programs like Evernote or things like that to save websites. And you think that it's safe because they eventually put those things behind a paywall as yes. well. And then in order to get access to your own archives, you'll have to maintain payment. And you won't even be able to download it from them without some level of encryption. So it's essential to like literally print your stuff and hold it if right. you want it to persist. Yeah, and, and remember Aaron Swartz that Obama drove. There was a, a internet, the guy that created... Uh, What's that thing, that internet protocol? He was like, uh, Aaron, here he is, Aaron Swartz. He created uh, the, uh, there he goes. He was a programmer that, what was that? He co-founded Reddit, RSS. He created, he invented the RSS feed. And he, remember, he was going to federal prison because he went to JSTOR and released all of those academic articles. He downloaded them all and released them for free. And the Obama administration was going to put him in jail for 20 years and he committed suicide. What? Yeah. How do you know these things? The Internet's own boy. They made a documentary about it. Jesus Christ. So Because of JSTOR? Police? Well, then after that, the 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 uh, JSTOR was like, we had nothing to do with it. We weren't wow. pursuing him. The federal government came in. Obama, you know, Mr. Freedom Loving. What was that uh, oh my Al Green song he sung? So Aaron Swartz, right. So that just shows you that you mess with, I mean, they were going to give him like bank robber time for releasing some academic, published academic articles. They were about to lock him up for theft of intellectual property. So anyway, you better start building up your home and family archives, pass those books and those recordings onto your son. Even if you got to get a cassette tape and VHS, keep up with that old technology. I can't tell you how many times I've went looking for something, a teaching tool that I've used. I've been a teacher for over 20 years and whether it was in secondary or higher learning and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to look for a resource and it's just been, it's just vanished. Something that I've used for years just gone. It's really getting serious with regards to information that we assumed would always be there yeah. vanishing. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even like some fire, sky is falling stuff. This is like legit, real. 
I mean, I try to find clever ways to save my resources, but it's increasingly more difficult. But you just got to get some bookshelves. Yep. And some binders. Yep. Binders full of women. Of color. <laughs> I got kicked out of a group called Binders Full of Women of Color. Oh, yeah. A Facebook group. Wow. <laughs> I, they put me in it and they kicked me out. Because yeah. you were on there trying to save their immortal souls. No. I was I I took an unpopular position in the LGBTQ. Well, you can't do that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey man. Anyway, where where was I? Yeah, information. Freedom ain't free. Information ain't free. Knowledge. And so anyway, start to to uh, amass your own knowledge. But anyway, Bobby Rush. At the same time, Bobby Rush is co-sponsoring with Sheila Jackson Lee. California Congresswoman, anti-lynching bill. He's uh, endorsed Bloomberg, Mr. Stop and Fritz. So I think that's probably some of the reasons behind he wants to. So I'm not voting for Bobby Rush. And in some past election, he's ran unopposed, but he's got three people coming for his seat. And I'm not, I'm definitely going to vote for one of two of his opposing uh his um his opponents because um i'm i'm liking what i'm hearing from that gad lady mm-hmm. um what's her name she has a sharp website so sarah, sarah gad yeah. so i'm thinking about sarah gad because she 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 like me she's from the streets She's from the streets, but she she's running for first district, our district. So um, in the primary, I'm thinking that's who I'm leaning towards. And I know you have you decided who you're voting for. I haven't decided yet, but Amina Matthews. Uh, I don't know about Robert. I've been hearing some things that I'm not. Yeah, yeah, he looks super like super impressed. But I met him, and I'm not super duper impressed. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at Amina and Sarah. Will Amina join the squad? So Amina is running for Congress. She's the daughter of Jeff Fort, mm-hmm. uh, infamous or famous gang leader, gang founder, an El Rukin uh, leader um, that's currently in a supermax prison in Colorado. But they move them around. Every time I say where they're holding one of a prisoner, a prominent prisoner, or a political prisoner. Every time I say this is where they are, they move them around or not. But the, 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 the daughter of Jeff Fort is running for Congress of our district. And initially, I was a hard pass on her. But then I just started listening to her mm-hmm. and where she's coming from. She has some polishing to do, but I'm really interested in what the inside knowledge that she had from that era has taught her. And, I, and I'm interested to see how she develops. So I, I have my eye on her. I, I'm not sold yet on either, um, but I have my eye on Mina, and, well, I, the, and I'm really interested in Sarah. The Bro Diallo Show is going to go ahead and officially adore Sarah Gad. Okay. Squat. But you, 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 you come back to me. You, I'm still. I'll let it, you know. You got till March 17th. That's I'll when the primary you know. comes. There's no. Oh, do they have to? They have to. The prim- Democratic primary. Word. But here's the thing. They they vote on that. They vote on them, and then they the, and then they go against a Republican. A, yeah, there is a, the Republican is here. a black woman. 
They're going to be Stop running against, it. and her name is like Philistine. Philistine. No, it's Philistine. So there's this black woman running as. Uh, is that Philistine? It's Philistine. Uh, it's Philistine. Is it Philistine? Philistine White. Her name is Philistine White. She's a black Republican woman with that spiky, short, permed hairstyle. You know she's pure evil. Oh that that Tony Braxton. Who's wearing a Tony Braxton? Even Tony Braxton's not wearing a Tony Braxton this haircut. Shit. Lord help her. And so yes, there is a black woman, bought sold, a bought Negro. White was previously elected. Her last name is White. Yes. Philistine White is running. So, yes, that's why there, there is a Democratic primary for our, our first district congresswoman, a congressman. And then after that, there will be a general election. And can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? If Bobby Rush wins the primary, I sure ain't going to vote. I ain't going to vote for no Republican. But then there's an independent candidate whom nobody knows. She's like polling at 1%. This Ruth Pellegrini lady, she's an independent. I might just have to vote for this unknown person. I did not know that that vote was coming up so quickly. I don't know why I thought that there was there was only those Repu- those Democratic challengers. Mm-hmm. Mrs. White. Oh, there, they've got, smart. there's several, the, the Democratic primary in, in Chicago is huge. The ballot is packed. You got to vote for, for, uh, uh, circuit um, court judges and so, oh yeah Kim Fox is being primary yeah. she's got four opponents and all so that white. Kim Fox vote is coming up in March too yep good lord and then the general in November so Jesus. the Democrat the Illinois primary ballot is not just going to have the the, the the Democrat I did not even think about that I had all eyes on the presidential for the primary and I thought that I had until November to figure it out for everybody else. Nope. Quite a stunning development. You ain't got nothing. Ain't nothing to figure it out. You vote for Kim Fox. I know, of course. Come With t- two X's. Can I just say something about old timey Republican? I mean, it's those kind of moments where I see a woman like that, where I really have to hold my tongue on a radio show. Like I don't know how you do. See it. a woman like what? Philistine White. Oh, Philistine White. Like, I have so many insults that I want to hurl. I have so many names that I want to call her. So many degrading things I want to say. It is Philanaise, if y'all want to. And I don't say them. Because I don't want them to come back around on me. But I'm thinking some great stuff. Sister Soldier. I mean, Sister Carrie. Don't y'all, don't black women have some type of black woman Illuminati? Y'all have a special coded language. To keep the black man down, I have to get caught as up soon with Doctor Umar. In the car, I'm going to say so what many a black about woman. <laughs> Look at her! Oh man, yeah. Like, how are you going to run as a Republican? Please Google Philanae White. <laughs> just look at this woman's face. Please, if you have the time in your life in this moment, please Google Philanae White and just tell me if you don't know what I'm thinking. Because she. But here's the thing: she lives old. in the hood. She lives around our way. She lives in Brownsville. She lives on the south side of Chicago. So I mean, she how hard? I never how see her deep? Marianos, because I'm how going to deep did they have insult? to did they have to dig for this? Look Negro? at her. She got an old HTML website. Old timey purple <laughs> and red. You old fool. Look at her. Look oh. at her. Who is she? She's stand, who's that with the Make America Great Again hat? She's standing next to. You old Philanades. Mm-hmm. I call her Philistine. She sit on her porch humming. She's a black. She live in our hood. You Look talking all this mess. You might have to see her. Lord help you. I want to see her. I want to see Philanades. And she, she's, she's taking pictures next to Trump. This She child, loves Trump. Child. Child. But can I tell you I something? I have never had to if Bobby so Rush, If life. Bobby Rush 
wins the primary, which right now it looks like he's he's going to win the primary. She's pro-police, too. Help me, child. She's pro-police. Help me. So she's got on her website the black woman running for Philanese the Philistine. Philanese white. Wish she Philanese wish she was white. She ought to be shamed. She's on on the home of her website, she bad. is an ally. She's now she wants to keep America great. That's her she campaign slogan. She making us slogan. all look bad. Y'all. She wants to black keep women, y'all better America come great. Look. She making us all. But look I can bad. share. She's on. She's out here. She out here. She got a one page website. That thirsty hairdo. <laughs> I cannot. I so, cannot. Anyway, you a thirsty mess, lady. But here's what's crazy. She wants a, uh, um, she's a black conservative. What do you want? What more can I say? Do, I mean, y'all, you got me How going How much off does on it her. cost for a Philistine? How much does it cost for How much for, for that Negro in, in the, the window? window. <laughs> 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 I don't, you know what? The real talk, son. Uh, Bloomberg didn't mess the game up. Yeah, he's he's paid too he, much. He didn't been but he made the price of Negroes he go way. Negroes stock is through the they're roof. Not, Even though they're the stock be market no good after this. Let me they're tell you something. No good. Let me tell you something. It's like I heard, I never seen. But I had friends that used to go to the strip club, right? And friends. it used to be you, you go in. Yes, I had friends that would tell me about yeah. other people they knew that went to the They'd strip club. Back and, tell you. and they would go in there. And you take your, your $40 and you get 40 singles. And that's half the night. Just making it rain, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, these guys would come, like, these Japanese immigrant uh, businessmen or these Arab uh, oil men would come in. And they throw in 20s like we throw in singles. You wouldn't just I mess up. You. Like, I caught you. They. <laughs> I caught you. So they, that's how it is now. Bloomberg is coming to the strip club with 20 racks. That's right. And so the cats, all the poor politicians. So, you know, I really feel sorry for, for the Republican Party right now. Because all the Negroes that was for sale to the Republican, all the black conservative family values, we're not a monolith. Now, yeah. stock is up yeah. from now to November. It's gonna come Bro, he's just totally just flooded the market. Down. They'll, They'll get, get it. Yeah, it'll come back down. Like, back down. What goes up? But I'm saying right now, it's really bad. Negroes. And if you are for sale, Negro, bootlicking, buck dancing, handkerchief head, Uncle Tom Coon Negro, don't sell yourself short. Don't let, hey, the, your stock has just went through the roof. Because all the conservative Negroes, Bloomberg is buying them all up. Bloomberg is making money. And and monopolism. Why not, why not just take... I mean, I I don't advocate taking his money. I think you should just leave it alone altogether. Speak your truth. But if you take Bloomberg's money, why not do like the the, the squad of individuals are doing on the Bloomberg campaign and take his money and then go tell your friends to vote for Bernie? Yeah, that's what I mean. There's a, a Twitter account set up by staff, Bloomberg staff for Bernie, and they're releasing all these internal documents. Bloomberg, you can only buy so much loyalty. That's right. You can buy all the loyalty you can afford. Face to face. But you can't buy behind the back loyalty. Even then, because some of the staffers were sending out the secondary tweets. Like everybody would have to get on their phones and send out their tweets and their and their messages and then they would like turn to the side a little. <laughs> send the secondary. Let me tell you something. If I was Bloomberg's campaign advisor, I'd have him come out on the next debate stage to them hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> and then I have him dab it up. Uh, uh, y'all hoes ain't loyal. It would work. Make it rain on them. It would work. Yes. Unfortunately. So anyway. It's unfortunate. 
I guess we'll go into the topic. I wanted to talk about, this is one more thing I have to say before we go into talk about Bloomberg and the death of neoliberalism, which is really we're talking about the Democratic primary. So we, we got jumpy to the gun, the Illinois primary. We, got a black, mind, we had another black mass shooter. You know, we've had in the last, since 19, since they started keeping the statistics, since mass shooting became a phenomenon in America, uh, we've had 64. Between 1982 and 2019, we've had, oh, 19. No, we've had 19. Now, this makes 20 black mass shooters. I did not know that. Now, white boys, of course, are the... Yeah, they're off the chart. They're off the chart, but forget, they are not our teachers. We've had 20 black mass shooters. Getting in, and I ain't saying because there's two types of black mass shooters, you know. There's the black, black. Like, uh, I don't know, some of y'all know. Some of y'all that's really entrenched in the black consciousness movement know about maximum emergency compensatory justice as laid out by Dr. Neely Fuller in his book, The Code. And he talks about if you if racism pushes you to a point that you cannot go beyond, then you are free to go on a murder spree. But there's rules attached to that. You can't harm any victim of white supremacy or white domination. You cannot harm any black person in your rampage. And that's maximum emergency compensatory justice. That's one. But then you have the hillbilly redneck black mass shooter. That's kind of like with the white boys. Oh, I didn't get this promotion. Everybody died. Yeehaw. So... There's more of those type of mass shootings going on. From blacks? Yes. Oh, I did not know. Because you, you, you have uh, two types of black mass, of, of the rebellion, black militant rebellion type mass shooting, and then the individualistic, it ain't about racism, it ain't, got, you know, and a lot of times those black people are from gun culture. So now we're, we've, we've had since 82, 20 black mass shooters. And it's like black serial killers. Mm. They're popping up. And speaking to the man, the song. Uh, I think it's I think it's uh, prescription drugs. But the mass shooting predates the proliferation of these psychotropic drugs. I'm talking about the, the serial killers. You said there's mm. black serial killers popping up. Well, yeah. Well, then you know, remember Dr. Linwood Tahi and his research, which was economic. Actually, he was doing his research on families. Mm-hmm. And he talked about economics was the chief indicator, which Marx already, but I don't, because this might get back to him. <laughs> but in terms of values and proper behavior, Karl Marx laid this out a century ago. But Dr. Linwood Tahid, now I can quote, I can stop quoting Marx, Marx and I can quote Linwood. Because they said they came to the same conclusion. But Linwood's not a Marxist. That's what I'm saying, he remixed it. He, he blackified it. Because, yeah, I guess, yes. Okay. He was talking about black people, whereas Marx was talking about white people. Mm-hmm. But Marx said he was talking about all people because in the time that Marx was writing, white people were the people. Right. But anyway, to quote, yeah, I can stop quoting Marx on these issues. So, yeah. To talk to anyway. Huh? I love them. Okay. Linwood. Linwood said that, you know, the family, when people talk about families have less to do about a person's individual value. 
individuals in terms of valuing family and loving their children. It had more to do with economics, that economics was the engine that drove family stability mm-hmm. and all of that. So mm-hmm. um, I don't even know why I got into because that. Because we were talking about whether or not it was a psychotropic drugs or it was more the environment. In, in terms of the economics. right, right. So, so societal decay is more based on the distribution of resources. Yeah. The proper or improper distribution of resources is more evidence and will indicate, give you more evidence of whether or not people are are going to do extreme antisocial behavior. When people feel invested and 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 encased in society as opposed to excluded from society they're more likely to do things be pro social yeah. as opposed to antisocial or super extreme antisocial things like individualism and this is a capitalist economy is look yes. what a capitalist i i don't know see he will never i think he thinks those are things for like us untrained people to we we trifle with but he's only like one of a couple of dozen black Black PhD economist. Maybe I should get him on the show. That would be so good. Oh my god. The problem with Linwood. You all know. used to have really amazing conversations. To four o'clock in the morning. Really late. I'd be in the but cafe Dr. Tahi with the baby. Don't know how to stop. Trying to go home, and Diallo and Dr. Linwood Tahi would be sitting in Cafe Seed in Kansas City until all hours of the night. And then when I finally had enough and I said, let's go home, Linwood would stand up and say, let this girl take that baby home. <laughs> As if he's the champion. But the problem is, you know, me and Linwood fell out behind Obama. I remember. Obama broke us up. We like were he did Obama Libya. headquarters. Obama libya us. <laughs> he destabilized my relationship with Dr. Tahi because he was, he was pro-Obama. I, need, I would like to know. I'd like to talk to a lot of these prominent, conscious, progressive blacks who supported Obama in 2008, because a lot of people who supported Obama strongly in 2008, I haven't spoke to since 2008. You ain't taking Obama from none of them. I'd like to know. I'd like them to stand up and say it, because I had asked another black person why they liked Obama just yesterday. And he was like, I acknowledge Obama's an international war criminal. Obama didn't do nothing for black. But he ran down all the horrible things about Obama. He said, but I still like him. And I'm like, why? Oh, he just really loved his wife. That's the thing. His kids were so beautiful. Like, I don't give a... D- you know who else loved... You know, Hitler loved dogs. You know, I don't give a damn about... You know, it's like Dick Gregory said, nobody has stronger values than the, the mafia. At the same time, they were dumping bodies in the harbor. And robbing communities blind and intimidating and murdering people. They have the strongest family. Mamma mia. They have the strongest family values. And people look fondly on them too. The mafia? Yeah. People like the mafia? They love the, the racist, mafia. All drug the rappers peddling. love the mafia. Wow. Okay, I guess, man. I, I just stand alone. Me and Dr. Umar are the only two black men with any strong Dr. values. Dr. Umar is my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite. I didn't know why you were all up in his stuff like that until I started paying attention. He never disappoints. Pure but I don't want to get you on that <laughs> Omar rant. I don't want to do that. Well, now people what did we just discover? Dr. What was Umar the thing that he just crack. did? Oh, that's what he just or said. Or his hit list when he listed those four guys he was that going after. hit list and then you said he made a statement where he was like, I'm supposed to give the black history speech, but I can't because they accused me of smoking crack. Is that a disqualifier? Well, you and Dr. Umar both have PhDs. You both are in the same rare area. Does he have a PhD? Yes, he's with you. You might bump into him at one of your boring-ass conferences, so get ready. Get ready. 
I've never seen him. <laughs> He'll be there. Psychology, too. Well, I think both of y'all have in the same field. Maybe y'all could work on a paper together. I would never work on a paper. <laughs> All I'm saying. But, but Dr. Umar, does that disqualify you? What? Like, you're going to a conference if in... If I smoke crack? Yeah. Does that, is that a disqualifier? It seems discriminatory. It does seem Addiction is a disease. It does seem true. Like, they shouldn't be able to say that's the reason why. If they're like, hey, I think he smokes crack. Let's disinvite him. Sure, but okay, Umar, we just ran out of time. Or we don't nah. have enough space. You got to tell him a different reason than I think you smoke crack. Like, that's a lawsuit, actually. I think you smoke, unless he smokes crack. Like, unless he licked the trash well, there's, there's, ways to, there's ways to find that out. And Dr. Umar is, is quite public. I mean, if somebody accused me of smoking crack Can to the I point where... Can I say something about the crack accusation? What? If you look at his apartment... <laughs> That looked like no, he was moving to Wilmington, Delaware. That he was sure moving like to crack no. But I'm not moving. getting into this. I'm not getting into this. You I just no. I just for go. my own edification. If I ever get a PhD, if I ever become such a sellout and 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 you know act white enough to get a PhD, I would like to know if if, if falling because of victim, master's degree that's far enough. <laughs> if falling victim, if you want to stay hood, I forgot. I forgot. Can I ask my question? Go ahead. We got expert. I don't I'm often. Sorry. I'm sorry. Is falling victim to substance abuse a disqualifier? For Black History Month speakers? For anything. For, for to be a professional academic. Well, you know how we get ashamed. Like, we feel like, oh, you're an embarrassment to all of us. So, in that vein, he should not speak. So, that's why you won't work on a research project or paper or co-chair a conference or something with Dr. Umar since y'all in the same field? Because of the crack? Because you think he might smoke crack? No, but that's definitely an additional concern. So kids watch your back because I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. I mean, it's not funny. Substance abuse isn't funny, but I mean, like, Dr. Umar's substance abuse is funny. It's funny when a man who stakes his reputation on being a pillar of righteousness, of black manhood, and all of that. What's worse than the crack? And, and a man who has, his apartment. who has That's for two telling. decades ran around the country utterly condemning people for their behaviors that he deems unrighteous or not African. So it is funny when it happens to somebody like that. I don't know. Like if Crep Flo Dollar filed for bankruptcy, that's funny. Or that's Money funny. Mayweather. That's funny. Now, the, if, if, the addiction if, is different. But yes, if Crep Flo Dollar filed for bankruptcy, that's funny. And I or think, or if, if if Bill Cosby's false victim to racism. That's funny. And a man who ran around for 30 years saying that racism is no longer a thing. That's and funny. We need to stop. It's funny. It's irony. It's the actual definition of irony instead of what people think. Okay. Irony is. That's ironic. Isn't it ironic? That's not ironic. But that irony, song's not irony. Irony is funny. Yeah. Irony is funny. So I get to laugh. I don't laugh at addiction. How is his addiction ironic? Oh, because he went around touting. Because he did he ever a, say anything addiction specific? Um, yes, what? he did. He did would he? talk about yes, he would talk about addicts. He would talk about single mothers. It's the same old right wing conservative I puritanical line. His apartment filth is funny. That's funny. It's disgusting and funny. But he and was moving that's to more telling, or his denial, or his explanation. The for the it. fact that the camera and the fact that he got there. busted by accident. And the, do you know what's more unsettling than the filth? Is the tiny corner? I think, of, he, I think of, he did a Africa. whole show. I think he did a whole show on the tiny corner. Like the tiny corner was so unsettling. Like if, if I got invited over to Doctor Umar's house, do I have to like 
Get in that little apple. Yeah, and it wasn't. Go watch the video, corner. y'all, where he where it's a filthy apartment. Don't focus on the filthy apartment. Focus on the corner. Focus on the corner that he could because he was taping himself and the and his phone flipped around. He accidentally pushed that phone flip camera flip. How button. many more things? Do people take him seriously now? Has yes. Oh, Umar. How many more? If you want to know how strong Umar's support is. Go online and say Umar might not be right about everything he says. Just say that something as 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 benign criticism but as you can think of, and they will be all supporters. over your comments. How many more things? Because this is the last thing, and then no more Umar. Because I think I'm new to Umar. I'm new to Umar. Like because you, you don't dwell in these talking about Umar. I'm like, oh my god, why do you keep harassing this man? Leave him alone. Why don't you focus on something else? But I mean, it's you know, it's I'm like, trying to get on that hit list. You know. And so I'm like, and if he comes to our house, I'd be so excited. I'd be <laughs> that so be excited. Then I gotta pull out oh that old tiny rifle. So I gotta pull out my it's old. It's not gonna be a I'm shooting. so embarrassed by oh, my gun. It's gonna be a talking like you. I might never believe. I might brandish oh, my weapon. The talking of the century. It'd be like the Deontay. And I would brandish my my weapon just to know. You would hey. not brandish. He wouldn't brandish. I don't like brand. I'm embarrassed. He'd by come my there gun. sniffing and breathing. I'd I'd make cupcakes. I'd set out tea. It would be the best day of my <laughs> life. I love that kind of stuff so much. But anyway, okay. Let's I'm back. Let's recenter. You really you bringing my show down like <laughs> Whitney, Whitney did, did Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> See? Whitney was if, if, really if, if Bobby ever had a radio, he Bobby did have a show. Bobby is awesome. Bobby had a show and he brought Whitney on. Bobby's awesome. Cause I follow a string. You see all these notes? I don't yeah. write these for my health. Fifty documents. I got bottom. fifty documents here. I got articles and links that I got. It. The people this come the here to hear. Let me, let me I'm serious. I'm about to watch this. No, nah, it's too late, show. Whitney. Watch. It is eight nineteen. The, the show is going to be. I ain't even done an ID at the top of the hour. Q4 Radio AM sixteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Tune in at iTunes Radio A. I said AM sixteen eighty. Q4 org. See now I'm starting to understand what the. With the righteous, irritated genie and women in the workforce. Can't get nothing done. Can't focus. I think it's just Erica specific. Women really in the workforce. The workplace. <laughs> I really do. People in my job be typing. Come on. <laughs> doing business. And I show up like, hey, y'all, what y'all doing? It's terrible. I'm a, I'm a bad influence. I apologize. For okay, this point at least on, you I'm being professional. It. Right. Now. All right, let's be professional radio. Mm-hmm. I think we can use our NPR voices. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. We're about to get into something really boring. All right. We were supposed to talk about Bernie. It's my favorite topic. Um, And and the Democratic primary. And the death of neoliberalism. Now, Bernie has outpaced Buttigieg. I think Bernie has 43 delegates. Buttigieg has like 29. Mm -hmm. Followed by... Surprisingly, Biden. I would think that um, Warden would beat out Biden, but she's trailing Biden. Warren, yeah, she's trailing. I would actually early in the primary, I would put her behind Bernie. I would put her in second place. So my my political uh, prediction, my political prophecies, just like all prophecies, just don't hold up to muster. So we got Bernie running, and we had the Democratic establishment losing their minds. And first of all, I have to say this. Bernie is not a socialist. Mm-mm. Bernie is not advocating for socialism. No, he isn't. And Bernie is a democratic socialism. And I think that democratic socialism is one of the most absurd ideological positions one can have. 
All that being said, I am absolutely voting for Bernie. I voted for Bernie in the 2000, uh, 2016. 2016. Wow, seems so long. I voted for Bernie in the 2016 primary, and they stole my vote. Yes. And I was a never Hillary. Never Hillary. So then I voted for Jill Stein. And this cycle again, if Bernie does not win the nomination, I'm willing to vote for Warren. There is no one else on the Democratic ticket that I'm willing to vote for. I will never, ever vote for Biden. I will never vote for Bloomberg. I will never vote for Michelle Obama. Sure. You ain't heard about Michelle Obama, have you? Creeping on the come up. They they want her uh, to to come up and 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 uh, at to commit to a. Uh, uh, Michelle, uh, a uh, vice president, and she's position. coming with a purse full of hard candies, supplied by her boy. I can with them; they're a little too chummy. And I won't vote for Warren. How about that? You won't? I will vote for Warren. Not me. There's a black woman in the Green Party that has my vote. So there's two things we agree on. Wow! Doesn't do it. Wow! I'm gonna have to send you to wife school. But who runs that? I don't remember her name. I you totally would go to white school. <laughs> really? That'd be so we should get the fun. money up. Real no, talk, son. If you want to go to white school, you nobody's you learning cool. anything. I'd be good for like the whole first day. I'd take notes. I'd cross my legs and the ankles. I'd do all of that. And then I'd blow it up the second day. I totally. I'd love to see white you at white school. school. Would be so much fun. Is it like a, it's like an overnight? Like a I think it's in France. So It's in France. You've been like to France weekend? before. Mm, so it's familiar great. territory. It'd be great. Yeah, so yeah, I I I'd advocate. You I have so school. many little things that I'd like to do. That'd be so much fun. But you got all these views that counter mine. I would encourage you to vote for. And I won't. Vote. I wish I knew the girl's name online. Can I, have I say a this? Soulmate online. Can I say this about Bernie? What? Elizabeth Warren is a horrible politician. She's, She's a very bad person. politician. She's a good bureaucrat. Let me tell you something about her. She's a good bureaucrat, and nobody, you can tell me about all the nonsense, because I think, I, I just slapped my forehead. You know, being a low-level political operative that I am, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, we struggle campaign. We work on campaigns. Struggle. We've worked with struggle politicians campaign. on low, like struggle city council, yes. state, state. If I was advising her, yes, I would tell her to do almost the opposite of everything she's doing. But, I never hear people criticize Warren based on her policy platform or her legislative history. But her character comes you can. into play. Yeah, she's scum of the earth. But I go. How would look at how look at how we were tricked with Obama and health care? Obama was never progressive. I understand he that. Never but, he was always had, a centrist. But there was one thing that we wanted from Obama. One thing that you wanted from Obama, and he not only and paid Hillary's bill. I mean, we don't forget how deep he capitulated. What they got to do with Warren? I'm telling you. So when, like, oh, what's the face said? When somebody show you who they are, believe them. She is showing us that she's a bad she's politician. And then, but but that. So why would I? Why would I vote for somebody who keeps consistently violating Making bad political moves? Not just bad political moves, but she's tipping her hand. She keeps showing us who she is. For example, you know what my problem was in the debate, which is just very telling, and it, and it, and it, and it unravels a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. When that Latina woman from, from um, I can't remember, Telemundo or Univision or something like that, I don't remember. When she asked her about, when she asked Klobuchar 
about her, who the president of Mexico was. Klobuchar was like, oh, right? And you don't have to know. And she I don't was like, know the of a lot of places, right. but I'm not the one standing. I was, she was, she's on the border control, border defense, whatever committee in, in her uh, role. She's supposed to know. It's not like just a slip of the. And so she was banging on her. Buddha judge was banging on her for not knowing who the what the president's name was. She comes up with this weird list of, of political facts. Buddha judge is like, nah, dog, that's not good enough. And then here comes Warren swinging from the left, saying, I don't think it's fair for you to do that to Klobuchar. So what I see is a white woman turning on a a, a Latina woman who's a moderator for the world to see in defense of another white woman. And this is just months after a bunch of black women walked up out of her campaign office because they're like, yeah, we just hear as tokens. And I didn't see Elizabeth Warren say, nah, come on back. Let's make this right. She was like, mm, too bad. I won't let it happen again. And then she let it happen again. So when somebody shows you that kind of stuff, that's very telling to me. In addition to the way she's like, Bernie told me in a private conversation that a woman could never run president. Yes. I mean, she just keeps tripping. And that's on top of the fact that if she had chose Bernie and supported him in 2016, I've never forgiven her for that. We wouldn't be sitting up under a Trump presidency right now. So she just keeps on this one thing to dig a, a, a hole in my flesh. But she keeps on pouring salt in it. She keeps on, you know, coughing in it. She keeps on. So I can't even get fix myself to forgive her for 2016 when she keeps on violating. So no, she doesn't have my well, everything you said is right, but everything you said is evidence of somebody who's really, really bad at campaigning. They're really, really bad at politicking. Or, and she has really, really messed up ideology. I don't care about but I don't, ideology. I don't mean to say that about the first woman of color at, what was it, Harvard? Uh, oh, oh, you're being facetious. I'm like, what? Like... <laughs> Has your madness, has your anger driven you to madness? (laughs) You got me, good one. Listen, that being said, Bro Diallo says that we should be cold, distant, and calculating. CDC, when it comes to politics, we should be cold, distant, and calculating. And my cold, distant, calculating mind says that. And Elizabeth Warren, who is very cunning, is very, very academic and scholarly, but she sucks at campaigning. Bernie's not the best campaigner either. No. Bernie's just consistent. Yep. Bernie has consistency, and that is something that is absent from the political or mainstream political arena, right. so that's what part of his appeal. Right. If Warden, uh, Elizabeth Warren had that level of consistency, she would trend better. But all that being said, when you look at her legislative history and her policy platform, it's still something based with all her flaws because I would vote for Satan. I would vote for Satan if Satan would bring forth the policies that I want. And the Republicans know that. The evangelicals support Trump. And Trump is against everything they claim to stand for. And Trump was a former Democrat and gave big money to Democrat and bragged about how much money he gave to the Clintons, who are the two most hated Democrats amongst the white folks, right? Mm-hmm. But why did they vote for Trump anyway? Because Racism. despite how I feel about the individual, what matters more to me is my policy platform. So I do believe that Warren will have 
more rational environmental policies. She ain't got nothing for black folks. But black folks, are we still on that oxygen kick? Uh, do we still breathe oxygen? Do we still drink water? So this is so she's a regulator. How do we know? Okay, right. Because she did it when she was in a position to regulate multinational corporations. She took advantage and she exercised her power to do so. And she was also very good at. See, now you got me campaigning. But if she were, if she were, if she were so malleable, to if she if she were so corrupt. As to steal a nomination from Bernie. Did she steal it from Bernie? If she were able to, which would be the only only scenario in which we find ourselves having to choose whether to or not to vote for her. Okay, yes. I wouldn't vote for her if she stole the nomination. Well, I would they, abandon they, the right. Democratic. They but what I'm saying is, if there was some Hail Mary, if Super Tuesday, because now black people get to have they say. Oh, I'm sorry. If she gets the vote legit, I'll toss her my vote like other right. people were tossing Hillary their vote. I'll throw it to her. Yeah, That's I'm definitely Bernie or bust. But if Bernie is justly defeated by Warren, which it's a very anything is possible. Ain't we you just opened up my uh, show. Hey, you just anything con- is possible. You just contaminated my show. Anything you, you is possible. Us, it was the gospel if, hour. If she just just totally just but she will not. Right. Bernie's gonna trounce all of them. But if she if she pulls a, a whatever A Hail Mary. A Hail Mary and gets it without any if she calls on her Native nonsense, American ancestors. Which, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, highly improbable. Her Native possible. American ancestors right, she could goes come and beats and the beat, right, Tom Tom. I can't stand her. But if she does that, if she somehow pulls it off with, and, and, and it is and it looks legal, legal then sure. Legal act. Okay. Then we, we agree. Then the one, but the okay, one so thing you that you don't have do, to go to wife school. I'm just like, you're going against everything I that's say. That's not fair. I said that we already <laughs> said that I was going to go to wife school. So, I totally. I'd love fair. to see you at white. So if if we if yeah if she wins legally if she wins on the up and up I would vote for her and I would okay. toss her then my vote agree. and make her pick it up off the Good. floor. So you submit to my uh, you submit without even going to white. <laughs> yeah. So she, you submit to my but I totally still my position go. on who wouldn't want to go to white school? What do you think they serve there? I'm sure it's not probably vegan. no vegan options. Serve what you cook. I don't even. Oh, I would have to cook. Well, I have, there's been a couple of women who have gone off to wife school. She was Facebook. She blocked me on Facebook. There were a wife school of, knows you personally? On Facebook. That's not personal. Oh, that's we not have a parasocial relationship. Parasocial. Uh, but she, she blocked me. Is she white? No, she black. Oh, here she is. Roe, L. Roe, Cura's wife school. Um, but you what, how do you pronounce it? Roe, L. Roy. Is that Quintos, uh, that's not them. Oh, she ain't white. I mean, she ain't black. But you, you losing track of time. Anyway, wife school. Damn, wife school. Um, will teach you submission. Maybe you don't eat at all. That's how those cults work. They they deprive that's you of Kelly food. Did. And, he didn't let people. You eat. don't. He don't know how to hog tie nobody. No, how to hog tie nobody. You know. <laughs> He's, so, he's, he's, R. Kelly. he's a real entertainer. He entertains even in his worst hour. Like he is an entertainer. He's, I mean, I understand. Are you not entertained? When, when, when R. Kelly said he needs help and he needs the help on how not to have such a big heart, I felt that. I need to learn how not to have a big heart. Oh, R. Kelly. If I could have been in that interview. And then we turned on Gail after she delivered something so magnificent. Gail was like, oh, so the black, the streets love me tearing down these crazy Negroes. The streets love me tearing this down. Streets want Gail. They want to see Gail. They want to see Gail live. You know? So 
Y'all gas girl up yeah. when she brought down R. Kelly. So she figured, I'm the controversy woman. I'm the woman that goes there when no one else will go there. And y'all didn't. Y'all need to send when when people, when you become when you trend when you go viral. There should be a rule book. Yeah, yeah, you know it's so easy to fall, fall off. off. The higher you rise. Poor Anton Dotson, he did it too. That's what happened to him. Antoine, he fell off and then was doing Taj 2.0. I have asked these these guys, the the uh, Doctor Umar and Irritated Genie, they should produce a test subject. Basically, they say that homosexuality is not something that's ingrained that it is something that is a choice people choosing to enact in ways that are against nature in the way that that our african identity and they act in greek and so i'm like why don't y'all produce a test subject and it could be either someone who was gay who decided to be gay and then decided not to be gay or they could find someone who was fully on heterosexual and due to the gay agenda got forcibly turned into a homosexual. I'm like, produce this test subject. And I'm like, if you do that, Dr. Umar, he would be like, he would be in the Nobel Peace Prize for, no, for research and psychology. He'd never get approval for that study. But if, it, if, it, if the facts are the facts, the facts are the facts. facts. Anyway, I thought Anton Dawson was that guy. He, he, he told on himself. You're not speaking into the mic. Oh, he told on himself. So Anton Dawson said that he was going to stop being gay. Mm-hmm. And that he was going to, because he became a black Hebrew Israelite. And, and that his God, Yahweh, felt that homosexuality was abhorrent and an abomination. Mm-hmm. So he said that he was going to not only stop being a homosexual, he grew that, that scraggly beard. And I, I know, I know pot kettle back. <laughs> but I say oh, it anyway. Thank you. But you're probably the only person. You're obligated to say that because you're I'm trying to not. get out of going to wife school. Don't compliment <laughs> me because you're going to wife school. You already. I'm already going to get on the line tomorrow. I just found the, the link I to the website. Okay, yeah, that's reverse psychology. Okay. Don't work on me. So <laughs> that's like Trump said he wanted to get impeached, and then when he got impeached, he was crying. <laughs> so this is the best impeachment of all the impeachment, but. And so anyway, Anton Dobson said that he went and, and, and got with a woman, impregnated a woman, and had a child, and grew a beard, and stopped perming his hair. He grew like a natural, he and he became an all-out man. Yes, he did. You didn't see that his, he, he first he grew a short long, afro, but it was then he got those cornrows. But not gay cornrows, Hebrew-Israelite cornrows, macho, uberman cornrows. I do like what he said. I do like the point where he was like, listen. If I choose to live as a heterosexual man, that's somehow a problem. But when I was choosing to live as a woman, it wasn't. Nobody said it was a problem. Hold on. People okay. did. People no, they did. didn't. No, people they didn't. Did. What they said was, you're full of malarkey. He's totally full of malarkey. And that's what that people straight. said. So it wasn't that people didn't oh, accept him. people didn't say. And all the interviews I saw, people were like, you don't it was see like, I don't believe this. you. Exactly. Oh, so okay. he's like, nobody said you couldn't be a heterosexual. And there apparently were women lined up. You know, hey man, all there I are know, apparently women lined up. It didn't take him two I minutes before. I think it's before. foolish. He's obviously a gay man, and I think it's foolish. For but him he to he decided to stop being gay. That's What's the but, story. But he, he acknowledged, did. yes, I was a gay man. I was into that lifestyle. He he said and on Tosh two point that he still likes men. He said that he still likes men. He still has sexual urges for men. But here's the thing about sexuality: you your sexuality is who it is. But you can absolutely refrain 
from engaging into that sex. See, now that's that's you can abstain thing. because. But then a heterosexual person could abstain from having heterosexual. That's what sex. I'm saying. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you're no longer attracted to women just exactly. because you're abstaining from women. Right. You okay, know, but you're so. You can want to be homicidal. Every day I drive through the Chicago Loop, I want to kill somebody. But I ain't caught nobody's yet. You don't want to kill anybody. I'd be wanting to kill people. Man, I'd be wishing for... you get mad, but if you had I'd to be actually awesome. get like, to that if, moment, I, if, you'd be if like, there was a laser see, cannon mounted not. to the top of our little... Laser, yeah, if it was that our, easy. Our, our, <laughs> our old-ass rickety Ford. If there was a laser... Why I'd are you be, talking about our car? It's like doing a good job. Yeah, after it breaks and tires and, and engine and that leak... That, that wasn't that our car's leak. fault. It was the accident when we got hit by that man. Okay. It was my mom riding you my brakes... You my Jeff mom too much. drove around in my car with the parking brake up, y'all, and I love my mama. Lord knows I love my mama. In the fact you got to say it. But, I mean... Who are you trying to convince? <laughs> who do you think you convince? <laughs> I do love my mama. But, I mean... Well, the young people don't understand that. If I did something like that to my mother, <laughs> she'd have wore me out, boy. I mean, justice, man. It's a, when you reach our age... We have, it comes time to pay your parents back. So we become responsible, like, you know, for all, for the nine months. So when we find people of our age, middle-aged people, when we talk about our parents, it kind of, the roles kind of shift, you know. It used to be like, we go to a Romo all the time and say like, what the hell are you doing? And now we have to go to our parents like, what the hell are you doing? Even sometimes a Romo comes to us like, what the hell are you not doing? So the the role shift. Yeah, our son thinks we're preposterous, by the way. No, yeah, he does, right? He he's such a social justice warrior nerd. But I, he don't understand me because he's like, oh, because he, he came is up sheltered, and I came up in oh the street. Oh my god, Aromo is you, and Aromo you are him. Don't know how I come. From. When are you don't gonna have Aromo on the show? Oh, so he can talk, man. He knows everything. I I wouldn't be no point of me being here. You need to a seventeen-year-old kid. On the show knows everything. What what would be left for me to talk about? That would be the most interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he knows everything. He knows everything. Anything? Did we cover the topic? I neoliberalism, keep trying to bring you back the to death it. of neoliberalism. I keep trying to bring you back. Anyway, Bernie is not a socialist. Bernie, democratic socialists believe that socialism can be achieved through the democratic process, meaning through periodic reforms and 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 and, and nudging. And appeal and nudge and appeal, you can bring about whole scale socialism. The, the 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 proletariat can come to own the means of production through the civil discourse and democratic processes. And it no, totally negates the bloodthirsty, murderous, genocidal capitalist will sit there and say, you can give a genocidal capitalist who has a billion dollars a document and say, you see this document, genocidal capitalist? It states that now you have to turn over your billions of dollars to the people who actually generated that wealth. And the genocidal capitalist is going to be like, well, since you have this piece of paper, and it, look, there's a stamp of approval, and it's signed. So that's the thing that, gen- that was, um, democratic socialism tends to prop up and preserve capitalism. As opposed to so democratic socialism, a lot of people have a problem with it because remember I told you about the accelerationist. Yes, there is an ideology of the accelerationist, and they don't tend to like to talk about it or acknowledge it because it is such an unsettling position. Saying we should allow keep voting in people like Trump, 
Keep letting multinational corporations consolidate and create larger monopolies. Keep letting industries pollute and destroy the ecosystem up into the point of absolute collapse. And there in the rubble of human existence and human civilization, we will rebuild a progressive revolutionary world. But it's as if those entities would cease to exist from the rubble because there would be entities, nefarious entities in the rubble as well. Right. Well, we have too many... Too many examples, detailed, well-documented examples of both national collapse, systemic collapse, multinational or global collapse of economies, of societies. We've had failed states. So we know that just because an evil system crumbles does not ne uh, necessitate the erection of a just system or, the, or the, the construction of a just system. Things can fall to the left or fall to the right. Like Great Britain, when their empire collapsed, it fell to the left where they got more of a social democratic state, but then it, it, it allied with far-right systems and it was pulled back to the right by the U.S. and other allies. And then you have Germany, when it faced financial collapse, it fell to the right and you had Hitler. So failing systems can fall to the left or the right. And depending on the, 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 the culture and the conditions on the ground, when the collapse happens. So it, I'm not an accelerationist. I don't think that that's a viable alternative because I think that the system can break to the point of beyond repair. And so I think that we, as we fight to overthrow the system, we have to fight to preserve ecosystems as we fight to overthrow unjust economic and political systems. Yeah. So anything that we can do to lend a hand to, to preserve ecosystems, and if you're going to fight for revolution, do you want to fight for revolution with regulated water or lead-tainted water? Right. Do you want to fight for revolution under a regime that has public services or a regime that has all privatized services? And pe some people think that the more suffering that can be heaped upon the people, the more likely they'll go revolutionary. But there is no historical support to that. The more ravaged people are, the more revolutionary they become. In fact, the more people are more likely to be revolutionary if there are signs of hope and evidence of some progress they're more likely to be revolutionary than they are. But, and you often find people that take that position to say, let it all burn, they tend to be in comfortable positions yeah. and have a comfortable distance yeah. from that. Yeah. You know, because Umar, with all the talk of revolution, he does have a PhD and he, tra he has a passport and he travels the world. At the same time, he's encouraging us not to vote. Right. He said, don't vote, it don't matter. And at the same time, he's not advocating people to use what sway and influence they have over the system. He's living... Uh, a lot, a life of prosperity and wealth, you know. Well, so you pretend prosperity. And wealth. I mean, he got five hundred thousand yeah, dollars. He's got. The Come money. on. Can I ask a question though? Because I feel like when you were when you were saying about democratic socialism, mm -hmm. in terms of like ultimately wanting through the democratic process to take over the means of production, mm -hmm. do you, are you starting that that's just what democratic socialism is in its in its like definition, or that's what Bernie wants? Uh, that's what democrat. Uh, socialism is in practice what bernie wants is basically an fdr regulated system he wants to basically go back to pre-reaganism he wants to go back to jimmy carter he wants to break up monopolies right. he wants to uh strengthen regulatory infrastructure of of everything from the epa to 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 the the better business bureau so oversight he wants oversight he wants decentralization, oversight, and regulation 
of, of the private Which industry. Which is very different than wants, asserting taking over the means of production. Because people get afraid of that. Even black people who ain't got nothing now get very afraid when they hear something like that. Like, oh, take over the means of production. They think about that Wendy's commercial where it was like the, the Soviet Union. There was no choices. Is next day where, you know, you know. Right. So that's not what taking over the means. Taking over the means of production means you go to a hospital. And you look at everybody from the physicians down to the janitors and say, now the work that you do in this hospital and the services you provide, all of the resources that you generate will stay within this community. The taking over the means of production means that no one that's sitting in Aruba, no one that's sitting on the beach in, 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 in the south of France can make money off of your labor here. Right. I just wanted to be clear. That's what taking over... Right. Right. But but that is different than government taking over the means of production. What is the government? I mean, clearly. I'm I'm, I'm only thinking about connotation for for what's being heard. So I just want to be clear on the connotation. I want to be clear about what you're asserting that Bernie is It means the government will take over the means of production. And you're saying that that's what Bernie's asserting. Uh, no, that's not what Bernie's advocating. Right, that's all I want to Bernie's point advocate, not advocating that the, the government runs the economy. He's advocating that agents, that specific agencies have oversight, right. regulation, Absolutely. and you decent, uh, um, decentralize and, and demonopolize uh, the system. That's a but you can still on. generate profit and extract Absolutely. profit from other people's um uh, Labor. Right. There will still be the opportunity to own and amass wealth. There will still be the opportunity to earn private property. Now, I'm against wealth accumulation. I am against private property. I am And I am a true socialist, and I advocate for true socialism. But I don't think that we will get through socialism by doubling down on capitalism. That's right. I think that you can go, you can increment your way to revolution. That's right. But you can't increment increment yourself to liberation. You're still going to have to have a revolution. That's why somebody was uh, had, had basically stated, I'm not trying to vote for Bernie because I'm not trying to improve the system. I'm trying to overthrow the system. Right. So I simply told this sister, if you want to overthrow the system, if you don't overthrow it by November 7th, then vote for Bernie. And I said, if you are able to amass enough community support to overthrow the system under the Bernie administration, I will help you overthrow Bernie. I will work with you. Because, believe it or not, as I vote for Bernie, I will be working to subvert the very system that I vote Bernie to govern. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's, that's just nuanced critical thought. Like, and that's the part of it that's missing, is that people aren't necessarily thinking about the long game. They're not even thinking about the next 10 to 15 years. It's like, how do I feel today? What's hot in the news today? And can I be on the winning team? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's so small in terms of thinking. Can we shout out Al Sharpton? Because he endorsed Bernie? Yeah. I don't think that's praiseworthy. What? But go on. Go ahead. Al Sharpton supported Bernie. That's all I have to say. I mean, he didn't. I that's mean, he could have Bobby rushed it. He could have Bobby rushed it. No, he couldn't. Why? Okay. When in 2008... Them, them, them old Negroes reached their expiration date. Mm-hmm. In 2008, all the establishment Negroes went to White Daddy, and White Daddy said, listen, I want fresh, hip, new Negroes. So Obama got to power without going through the old Negro channels. 
That's why Jesse Jackson was sitting in that audience one time in 2008 and said that Obama needs his testicles cut off. There was a changing of a guard. White man got some new draws, i.e. new Negroes to, to, to parade around with. So oh, a lot of the old established, them old uh, core Congress of Racial Equality, NAACP, NAACP, Rainbow Push, National Action Network, all them old dusty uh, uh, civil rights organizations from the 60s, 70s, and 80s were kicked to the side under the neoliberal law, and they had these fresh Negroes. Right. You know, Eric Holder and uh, Obama. And who was that other lady? It was a lot of fresh Negroes. Right. And you took them, because Sharpton and them, they in their 70s and 80s. And you had these Negroes in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Then why aren't all of them endorsing Bernie? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Okay. And so those old Negroes got kicked out of the core Democratic establishment. And they were pushed out to the periphery when they were at the center. Remember, Jesse Jackson ran for president. Mm -hmm. They ran for president. Mm -hmm. And then just a few years later, and just a couple of 20 years later, he didn't have enough clout to keep his son out of jail. So those old establishment Negroes are against the core establishment Democrats. And so you get some upstart. So now Bernie was like, well, I found a new way back into the power centers of the Democratic Party and I could ride Bernie's back into that core. Let me tell you this. At first opportunity that it serves him, Sharpton will stab Bernie in the back. If they rob the, the they, Sharpton will stab Bernie in the back. And he has no more pull or clout. Remember, he lost his MSNBC show. Yes. Remember, he ran for president too. I do. So that's why, uh, and then you asked me, I don't know. Did you have something to say or you want me to talk about why all the... the well, I mean, I'm just saying out ahead of... I do want to hear the answer to that question, but out ahead of the South Carolina primary where Biden is like, I got my blacks. My blacks got my backs. And then Sharpton is there poking holes in that. Whatever he does after the fact in this critical moment, right. that's valuable. But go ahead. I'm right. Okay, you got a viper in your yard. And the viper bites the burglar. And that's like, wow, somebody was trying to break in my house and there was a viper in my yard and it bit the burglar. I'm super grateful for that. Yes. But the viper's still in your yard. Okay, like so after And given the, the opportunity, the viper viper would bite you too. So the burglars are Trump and Bloomberg. Your enemy's enemy is not your friend. And I your, didn't say that. Your ally's ally is not always hey, your man, ally. Are you going to turn that viper away? Are you going to are you going to pull yes. that viper? So yes. you're going to pull that viper off the robber's arm yes. and say, "Go ahead, continue." No, 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 no. After the viper, if if the if the if 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 the burglar runs away after getting bit by the viper, you're going to leave that viper in your yard. I don't care what you do with that viper after the bite. But thank oh, you so for you're going to send your, your little precious bundle of joy, Seku, out to play in the yard? Like I said, if you need to deal with the Viper after the threat has been eliminated, then yes, do that. Yes, that's what I'm but saying. That's Viper all I'm saying. the Viper helps to eliminate the I'll threat. Ta- I'll take it. I'll, yes. So you'll take his... But I'm not about to sing uh, Sharpton's praises. Now, not all the Negroes don't have you made want that. more people? Don't you want more Vipers attacking your burglars while your house is still under threat? I want Vipers good enough. Are you sure? What if there's more than okay, one? Now, okay, now we're getting ridiculous. This I'm just there. saying. It's your analogy. I was happy to deal but with it. But you didn't have to try to it's steal true. it. I apologize. With me. That's true. <laughs> what? She's getting a lot of flag today. I don't feel like... Well, now we're know. seeing it. Because Bobby got the, the bad rap, but then people came to see you that know, Bobby was the victim. Whitney was definitely... But it was Whitney's, it was Whitney's brothers that were really like... Oh, okay. We'll find a black man that. somewhere to blame. <laughs> 
Can we continue to talk politics? I mean, it was my age. But you said... She's a grown woman. She made her own decision. Some establishment Negroes have not made that play. Because all these Negroes know how to do is find out how to cozy up to white power. All these leading blacks, establishment prominent Negroes, their whole mission is how do I cozy up to white power? And so when white power rejected them and they were pushed out to the periphery of the power of the democratic power structure, some people say now we can mobilize black people because the biggest threat to the democratic establishment is Bernie's uh, candidacy. So some have said, well, maybe if I help the, the Clinton cracks defeat Bernie, maybe I can get my seat back in. Because Obama's too punk ass to even come up and, and, and openly, because Obama behind the scene is trying to undermine Bernie. For but sure. he, he won't come out forward and say it. For sure. So there, there's a lot. Of, I mean, politics are complicated. That's why I, I, I really don't appreciate when people are intellectually lazy and they say, well, oh, there's a Democrat. Ain't no difference between the Democrat and Republican. Ain't nothing about to happen. Ain't going to change nothing. Yeah, it can change. You can go from being mercury or, or leaded gas. We went from leaded gas to unleaded gas. That was a government regulation. And it has improved our health. Did it save us from racism? No. But I remember getting out of my mama's old car and, and, and my mom would say, get the leaded gas because the leaded gas was cheaper. And I'm standing there as a child pumping leaded gas into the car. Now, when you and Aroma are out and you have Aroma pump the gas for you, do you want your son pumping leaded gas or unleaded gas? Unleaded. Is pumping unleaded gas going to free you? No. So policy and who's in office does impact things like that. I agree. I it impacts agree. it. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Right. So, and it's relevant. Okay. It's relevant. Okay. Man, you got macro politics. You got micro politics. You and got personal politics. You got yeah. national politics. It's levels to it. And you got to calculate on all yes, those levels. Right. And, it, and again, how can you shun politics in, in, in the U.S.? But you imagine out of nowhere, after a grand revolution, you can go and govern a whole continent of Africa. Or you can... Uh, politically take over a whole region of, of uh, that was once under imperial control and then you're in control of the political system and you spend your whole life shunning, engaging in any type of politics. And that's why a lot of revolutionaries turn into dictators that's right. and tyrants because they have no political acumen, no political skills. So, but, that's, but I digress. I said that Bernie's election is the death of neoliberalism. That is not true. Neoliberalism is dying, whether or not neoliberalism is basically new liberalism, mm. literally, which means it's laissez-faire economics. Mm. And the Democrats made a deal with the funders, basically, and I, and I only have four minutes. This is a shame. I might have to pick this up against money. I'm going to talk about the depth of neoliberalism and how Bernie is evidence of that, but he is not the cause. And whether Bernie gets in or not, neoliberalism is doomed. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Public Enemy. Yes. Shout out to them. Shout out to Public Enemy. Yeah. You know. And I think we need and continue. I have done it and I continue to do it uh, at Diallo Twitter. Do you have an account if people want to continue to engage with you and learn more about the afterlife and whatever kind of culture starting? I, and I, I shouldn't be stirring you. I have starting. a Facebook page, we can get paid. I just, you know. You don't I, have I'm a Twitter, trying, no I'm at trying. Dr. I, Mingo, I no have, at. Not really. I'm, I'm trying. All right, if you need to holler at get at Dr. Mingo, get at me. She she tries to keep her private life private, I, mean, I guess. I'm on Facebook. I okay. people's friends. Erica Mingo at Facebook. You're not on Twitter? I am. I don't know what, the, what my thing is. You're not on the gram taking pucker, pucker lip selfies? I think it's Erica D. Mingo. I don't know. I, I have two that I can't merge. It's weird. 
It's mostly just food pictures and pictures and of my dog. Pucker lip selfies. That really, I don't understand that phenomenon. You're a I hater. wish that I did. I wish that I understood the impetus to take just like an uncontrollable number of selfies. All right. And because of you, I didn't get to talk about mass shooting. I didn't get to talk about, I'm going to also, Monday, we're going to talk about the Eastern spirituality, Hinduism, Buddhism, and all these spiritual practices that black people are getting into as they exit Christianity and Islam and tell you that how we're going to talk about that. I appreciate everyone here having me this month for the times that I was here. And I also want to just say, like, I I intend to stay in the community here that that you Well, someone requested that you come every Friday it's really early. And that ain't happening. It's really she early. Ain't, yeah, and then also, good. but I, I do I do want to engage more online. I do want to just say how humbled I am by the people who support on Patreon. And I'm going to keep trying to, like, shout you guys out. We're working on, we're almost finished with um, a website uh, for, for gifts and things like that and, and just other ways to support. And so... I'm just super grateful for everybody that tunes in and watches this show and supports these ideas. Um, it's just really, really humbling. So thank you to everyone who supports on Patreon. Thank you for everybody who tunes in regularly. Thank you for those that share the show. And thank you for everybody who's embracing these ideas and trying to move forward and, and take on the heavy lifting of, of intellectualism. I appreciate it, and I'm grateful for this whole community. Yes, shout out. And I'll see you all Monday. We will talk about the death of neoliberalism. And we'll we'll do a part two, Bernie Sanders and the death of neoliberalism. And y'all have a good weekend. Oh, we're going to see a play. I got to I got to shout out. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we're going to a play tomorrow. Yes. And uh, an actor in the community, brother uh, David Goodlow. Oh, I don't have the info. All right, check at Diallo on check me on Facebook and Twitter, and I will share the details for for this play. Um, where where's the thing? Oh, it's on my phone. So I can't pull it up. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll give details. I'll tell y'all. So, you know, I'm going to be a play, uh, a theatrical critic on Monday. So, anyway, I'll I see y'all Monday morning. Stay warm and uh, black power. Peace.